0: Welcome to Equip, tools for navigating real life. Hi, welcome to the Equip podcast brought to you by Arise Ministries. I'm Kim Heineke, one of your hosts, joined by Pam Kennealy, co-founder of Arise Ministries, and we are so excited that you are joining us. If you're new to the Equip podcast by Arise Ministries, we welcome you. We're excited to bring you tools for navigating real life, and we invite you to continue following the podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Now, this week, Pam and I are going to talk about Christmas, and we're going to share some ideas that you can implement with your kids this holiday season. I should have brought Christmas music, Pam. <laughs> you should have. Or jingle bells or something. I
1: know. Or we should have on holiday hats to entertain each other. We should. They couldn't see it, but we would fe- we would feel it. And it would help us do better. It would help. <laughs>
0: it would help. It's an exciting time of the year to discuss Just different things that you can do with your kids around the Christmas season. Sort of in my mind, Christmas runs from Thanksgiving all the way to the New Year. I mean, it's just kind of the season. And I am a big fan of traditions. My traditions in our house don't look like everybody else's tradition. Some of them are a little bit goofy. Some of them are serious. Some of them, I'm sure my kids wish they would just go away, (laughs) but they won't. So, but I just, I love traditions. I'm not terribly nostalgic, but I do like things. I do like routine. That's probably why I like it. So to get us started, Pam, I just want to ask you to think
1: about one of your favorite holiday traditions growing up. Sure. And you know what, before we go on, I just want to say, because I know you, that that nobody celebrates traditions and has more ideas about family traditions than Kim. So I just hope you get a pen, get a pen, because you're going to want to just write these things down because she (laughs) is a tradition expert. So I'm just going to facilitate her giving us all her ideas (laughs) here. But you know what, Kim, I remember... Um, my grandparents both sets of grandparents lived in Lubbock Texas when I grew up and we would go to Lubbock and one of the things I enjoyed the most I just remember driving downtown and we'd drive by this bank and it had a huge Christmas tree I don't know how many stories high maybe five stories high in the bank window and I was just in awe of the lights of, of I just remember that it was a tradition I couldn't wait when we got to Lubbock to to go by the bank and, and see the lights, it just brought in that just whatever we feel as children seeing a multitude of lights. And something my mother did that was fun, and of course I carry on the traditions now with, with I had with my kids and with my grandkids is is uh, buying Christmas pajamas and having a Christmas night and let us wear our pajamas and eat popcorn and watch TV. Oh, that's and that's fun! Somehow the Christmas pajamas was just a big a big hit because we love <laughs> we love that. So those that's are two fun. things that kind of kind of come to my mind.
0: I love that. I remember specifically growing up. Now, my mom was a single mom for a while. So when I tell you some of these things, she was a single mother doing it. So for everybody that's listening that is a single mom, please don't think, and Pam, you might want to address Mm -hmm. this, don't think that these things can't be done if you don't have a little husband right there in your house. Sure. Because almost all of these things that I'm going to share today are things that you can do whether you have you know, a husband or a husband or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it might be, <laughs> a husband.
1: Well, you know what? I want to say too that um, that you know um, sometimes when the holidays come around, just hearing certain words trigger emotions mm-hmm. that aren't good. And one of those words that can trigger a hurtful emotion is the word "family," because you feel your family is incomplete. He's passed away, or he, or he's not there. Or, or he never, or was, he never there. was there. He never was there if you're never married. Or there could be a number of scenarios that um, whether you've adopted children or never married or whatever, you know, so the word family can be a prick in your heart. But I want to remind you that you are family. You and your mm-hmm. kids are family because God, your father, is the head of your household and you are a family. So treat it like one and listen to some of these suggestions. That's good. So
0: so when I was growing up, we got a new doll every year. And it was weird. Like, it was just, this is how it went. You played with that doll. That was your baby for the year. You didn't. Ha- we didn't have, like, four or five dolls at a time. We had one doll. Might have had last year's doll, but you only got one a year. And my mother, she could sew. And so she would always make clothes for my sister and I. I've got all these photos of my sister and I dressed exactly alike with all this lace and these pinafores, and it was cute. It was cute. But on Christmas morning, we would wake up, and there would be our new baby, and that baby would have on the same clothing that we were going to wear or that we had, and we never figured it out how Santa (laughs) could pull that (laughs) off. But that's one tradition that I remember. I did not carry that on because I have four sons. They're not so much into dolls or me making their clothes (laughs) for that matter. But that's just one thing that I remember. We're going to talk about traditions, and traditions are fun. You're talking about seeing the lights. I'm thinking about dolls that we got. And quite simply, traditions are just things that we do together repeatedly and over time. And they're the things that bind us together that really say we are family. You probably have so many traditions now that you don't even realize our traditions. Maybe you have um, a big breakfast on Sunday, or maybe you get donuts on Tuesday, or maybe you...
1: Oh, I forgot about those. yeah, Yeah,
0: just all the little traditions. So even when we're thinking about, I'm sharing some holiday traditions, I want you to think about all the things that I could do throughout the year, repeatedly and over time, that kind of gel in my kid's mind. We are family. So traditions do three things before we jump into it. Traditions provide a source of identity. Traditions teach family values. Don't ever pass up an opportunity to teach family values or to teach God's word in the middle of your traditions. And they just
1: create fun memories. Sure. So well, I want to say real quickly here that some of you are maybe a new single mom and all your family traditions are hurtful because you had another person in the picture when you did these traditions and thinking about your traditions to continue on your traditions is a very hurtful thing. Girlfriends, start new ones. Oh, that's so just good. Just put so those important. aside and say, hey, that was then. That was in a season that God allowed me to have mm-hmm. then. But hey, this is a new season. I got new family traditions on the horizon, and kids, we're going to go for it. That's true. So let those go and start some new ones.
0: That's true. I love that because, honestly, I mean, even the things that I do, there comes a time when my kids have grown out of it. <laughs> like They're not thinking this is fun and delightful anymore, so you just have to put some things to rest. Good. So let me just share a couple things. Um, As I'm looking through here, one of the things that I do first in the season, I always buy a big puzzle. And I put this puzzle out right around Thanksgiving, put it on the dining room table. Anyone that walks by, the rule is if you walk by in the house and someone else is at the table working the puzzle, you must stop until you can fit a couple of pieces and then you're released to go. And so it is kind of funny because generally I'm the one at the table. I love to work puzzles. Um, and then my oldest son, he's super good at it too. So he'll come in and if we see somebody walk by, we're like, ah, 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 <laughs> and they know they have to come over and work this puzzle. Now it's one thing to just have a tradition like that, but I also never want to pass up an opportunity to point my kids to the heart of God. So in any of these traditions that I do, I try to pull in some spiritual truths to them. So I have said to them, hey guys, you see this puzzle, all these pieces are different. And we know that in life we have all these situations and circumstances that happen. But did you know what the Bible says? The Bible says in Romans 8:28, we know that all things, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And then I would say to them, all of these pieces of our puzzle of life, they all fit together for his that glory. That is so good. And then I don't stay there because my kids don't want to hear me preach every time they come to the table. Mm-hmm. So I just say, hey, I'm looking for a piece that has, you know, mm-hmm. something, something. And we just kind of move on. But you take those little moments to build in spiritual truth. Now, do I say that every time they come to the table? No, that would be corny. <laughs> but once a year, I just gently remind them. I mean, now the oldest are 21 and 19. So I just remind them, you know, all the things that have happened to us this this last year, God is working those things together, guys. He's working those things together for His good, for our good, for His glory, just like this puzzle, and then we just move on. But I'm confident that 20 years from now when they're working puzzles with their own kids, that might, that thought might cross their mind sure. a little bit.
1: I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. I love that idea. You want to share one? Yeah, you know what? Um, I think it's also great, too, sometimes just to collect special ornaments, mm-hmm. um, and you can even make them. Um, I, I know in, in my home with my grandkids now uh every year we're going to make the nativity scene out of paper or something you know you can buy them you know put the nativities and let them paint it or color it and last year's was they're so young right now the paint you know mary's Uh hair was purple and hay was (laughs) was red and you know but i put it aside and i think every year i'm gonna we're gonna do a new nativity scene It's good and so just um decorate i mean collect, collect special ornaments or special things for Christmas. And I'm going to put those aside and hopefully someday when they get older, they'll have a set of 12 ornaments, uh, nativity sets that, that we did together. I
0: think that's fun. Speaking of nativity sets, one of the things that I've always done with the boys is to let them, let them play with it. Maybe we didn't make one, but I let them play with it. And then just this last year, they came in and they had made um, a nativity set out of Legos and I said, oh, tell me oh. about that. Now, this is where it gets dicey, Pam, because they say <laughs> to me, well, here's baby Jesus, and here's the wise men, and here is Moses, and I could almost not say it without laughing, here is Moses and Sarah. <laughs> that is so wrong on so many <laughs> levels. <laughs> Moses and Sarah, really, in the nativity scene? And I just thought to myself, okay, here's a tradition that has wildly failed. I have, I have done this tradition every year, letting them play with the nativity set. But then apparently I never really—Moses and Sarah. And I mean, there was a little part of me that just wanted to send them to the room and yeah. think about how terrible of a job I had done as a mom. But little things like that, hands-on nativity. And then you ask the questions to them, assuming that they know who Jesus' um, earthly parents were. You say, why was the birth of Jesus important to us today? Like, why does that still matter? You take all those little opportunities, all those little traditions, and you ask them questions that lead them to God's heart, and then you share the truth of Scripture. Maybe at that point, I know for sure. Sure. I opened up the Bible and said, can I just set you straight on the nativity scene?
1: Moses was earlier than Jesus. Oh, my. So there you go. See,
0: so feel good about yourself when you think. Just just feel good about yourself. Yeah,
1: That's right. I
0: know another thing that this is really fun and this is cheap. And and also be thinking, all these things that we're sharing, these are so cheap. Nothing here costs any money, really. Sure. The puzzle, $8. The nativity set, toys they already had. Um, another one that we've done is a hot chocolate bar. I know on a super cold night, I've made a big thing of hot chocolate, like the real kind, not just the rip open the package, mm-hmm. you know, like where you actually put the sugar and the milk in. Made hot chocolate, had all the fixings there. Peanut butter, honey mint, just a bunch of different things. And everybody at the table made a cup of hot chocolate and put whatever they want into it. And then sitting around the table as we're drinking it, I just say, hey, did you know that our life is just like this hot chocolate? Like the Bible says that, um, Luke six forty-five, it says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And then I might just ask them the question, what are the good things that you've put into your mind and how do they shape who you are? Now that's not just a Christmas tradition. Sure. That's something you can do anytime. But my kids know we're probably gonna have hot chocolate at some point in the in, in the winter, and I'm probably gonna ask them the question, you know, what if just like that cup of hot chocolate, what you put into it is what you're drinking. That's sure. that flavors it. And so what kind of things have you put into your mind this year? Sure. That that have kind of Sure. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And
1: okay. this is going to embarrass you to no end, and you do not like for me to say things like this. I but do Kim, not. Kim, you're such a good mother. Okay. Uh, y'all heard me. She didn't. Okay, <laughs> as we move on. Kim, tell us about the scavenger hunt. That's always been one of my favorite yes. things you do with your family, and it just floors me. Uh, tell us about that.
0: This one, This one truly has become kind of my signature tradition (laughs) and I want to tell you that this started when I was a single mother wow and so I never I honestly I wouldn't have started it if I hadn't been because I remember my boys you know they had a list of things that they wanted for Christmas and honestly I didn't have the money for it and you may not have the money for it either ladies we do not have to feel guilty because we can't give our kids everything they want that is a lie that we have bought into. That we have to be able to give them everything. They may have kids someday, and they may have to tell their kids no. So I'm just training my kids now to know, <laughs> you know, like how to have a little uh, restraint. Sure. So anyway, whenever I was a single mother, there were things that they wanted, and I thought, well, I'll get them two. I'll get them the gift that they really want. All those other things on the list, it just can't happen. So I went to the dollar store. I bought a whole bunch of just little fun things, things that you don't really care if they get broken. And then I made this elaborate scavenger hunt. And it in the beginning, I will say.
1: And you were a single mother. I was mind. a single
0: mother. Yeah, my boys were like, I mean, like four and six. I mean, they were tiny. And so I would do things like, look under your bed for your next clue. And they would have to go look under their bed. They'd find a piece of paper that would say, go look in the mailbox. And then, you know, one clue would take them to another. And then every few clues, they would get to open like a dollar store gift, something like that. And they would think it's fun. And then toward the end, they would get to their big gift. Well, this went on. This has literally been going on for over 15 years. Wow. And it's to the point now where these scavenger hunts are so elaborate (laughs) and they're so ridiculous that I have to start thinking early in the year how to make it good. My boys will say to me, Mom, uh, you better make those clues good. It gets to the point where it's, it's things like call someone and sing a song for your next clue. But I don't tell them who to call. And it's Christmas morning, and so they will call like all the grandparents they can think of. And you know how the grandparents are. They're like, oh, it's such a great little song. And then my kids are sitting there thinking, well, give us our next clue, and they don't have an idea what they're talking about. So you make it super fun. Some of them have been math problems. Sometimes they had to dress up in camo and take their Nerf guns and go down to a neighbor's house and say, give us our next clue, and nobody gets hurt.
1: Oh, my goodness. Just
0: real fun, different things like that. The point of that is... You can stretch out gift-giving if you're really good, and I'm really good. You can stretch this out for two and a half, three hours. Wow. And the whole time, they're going from clue to clue. I'm picking up paper. I'm making coffee. I'm making breakfast. You know, so at the very end, when we're all finished, we're, you know, the boys and I would sit around the table, and we would just laugh at at the event itself. But, again, I... I don't want anything to go by without an opportunity to point them to God's word. So I would try to wrap it up in the end and I would say, do you know what the Bible says in Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen? It says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I might just ask him the question, do we seek God's will with the same tenacity as we did hunting for that next clue mm-hmm. or that gift?
1: That's a stinger. It is. Mm-hmm. It's a stinger for mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. you know.
0: But any kind of any kind of holiday, any kind of tradition, because those are the things that root, that, that um, dig our roots a little bit deeper in family, let's point them to the heart of God. There's one tradition you cannot afford to miss. You cannot afford to pass up an opportunity to tell our kids about God's goodness and his mercy and his faithfulness to us. So even in the middle of traditions, they know they're going to hear that. They know at the very end, I'm going to say to them, you seek for those clues and those gifts, but there is something far greater that our hearts must be in pursuit of. Sure. So to share that with them. Anyway, I do love the scavenger hunt. I better get busy this year. I've got some ideas. I start. You better hurry. I know. I better hurry.
1: Well, I do love the, sca- the Heineke scavenger hunt. Yeah, is it's just fun to die for. I think that's so wonderful. And you know what? Something else you can do is. Um, I know there's so many movies on at Christmas, but you could even watch a Christmas movie together mm-hmm. and challenge them to identify something in the movie that reminds them of a spiritual truth, or something they saw somebody doing well, or something something that they noticed that points points them to kindness, or 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 being stingy, or just yep. some kind of a, a character trait. You know, I just there's so many ways to instill in our kids character traits. You can you can make them behave by Making them sit down and obey you out of fear, but they're standing up on the inside. That's not what you want. The way we shepherd their hearts is first of all to get to their heart through character, being able to mold that character. And so, take movie time and fun. make it mold, make it character time, and then talk about it. You know, afterwards about just uh, what you notice in the movie, and and that might be something they could do as they're watching Christmas movies. That's
0: fun. That's fun. I like to watch Christmas movies. So, you mentioned looking at lights in the very beginning. One of the things that we like to do is to drive around town and look at Christmas lights. Um, that doesn't cost any money. You drive around and everybody picks out their favorite their favorite display. Here's a way that you can tie that into a spiritual truth. You can say to them, hey, guys, Matthew 5.16 says this, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. We are driving around and we're looking at these Christmas lights and we're thinking, That one is cool. That one is cool. Oh, did you see that? This one's my favorite. But that's the way the world is supposed to look at us. As followers of Jesus, the world is supposed to look at us and say, wow, that's really amazing. Sure. Not like praising us, but praising the work that the Father's done in us. And you can just ask your kids, hey, guys, as we're looking at these Christmas lights, how can we let our light shine this season? Sure. How can we be a light in the world? So just tiny little things like that. Now, I'm going to tell you, my big kids not a fan of looking at mm-hmm. lights. They they outgrew that quick. So it's a good thing we have a big gap between our kids. But my little boys, when I was a single mother, that was so cheap and easy. Sure. We might even get like fast food on the way. Sure, You know, <laughs> you know just, just something to make it fun. Just something sure. to make it fun.
1: And you know what? I love that too, that uh, let your light shine. You know, you can let or not let right you can let or not let so first of all I think in that verse in Matthew let your light so shine it's a choice to make you can let or not let then it says let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and so when you you can't let your light shine out of your own efforts or your own trying harder but Mm -hmm. it's a light that you yield to God in your heart and allow the spirit to release it inside of you that's the light that endures and when when others see that, and it's not the natural lot, others see that, they see God's extravagance in you, and then it causes them to think positively of God, which is what it's called giving God glory. So um, we can nurture that. that. I love that you can nurture that in, in their lighting, in their Christmas lights together. Yeah, that's good. So, you know, something else is um, just Christmas card prayers. This is a fun thing to do, and... By the way, I'm getting this from Kim, and she—Kim, tell us about Christmas card prayers, because I saw that on the list here.
0: Yes. Well, I have not been terrific at this. I always—this is a tradition that I really want to um, cultivate a little bit better. I do have a—Pam and I are looking off of a list of of holiday traditions that I've done over the years. Christmas card prayers, you get all those beautiful cards— Um, every year with all their cute little families and everybody acting like they smiled the entire time. And
1: that their life always is like that. Yes.
0: The best Christmas (laughs) card I ever got was from a high school friend. And her kids, like, I even think one of them was crying. They were like childhood age, not babies. But it looked like they had just had a knockdown drag out. And I thought, that's the most real Christmas card. That's the real deal. I loved it. (laughs) But one of the things that you could do, you hang all those up, you know, as they come in. But just collect them. Keep them in a a little box somewhere out of the way. And then maybe once a week, pull one of those cards out, and as with you and your kids, just pray for that family. Pray God's blessing on them. Pray, um, you know, anything that maybe they were going through. Just just pray that they would experience the love of God that year. And it's just a way to be mindful of other people throughout the year and not be so focused. There is there's a scripture that you can put with that Ephesians six eighteen says praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints then you might just ask them as you're looking through those cards how have we seen god answer prayer this year it's really great to teach your children to pray it's equally as important to teach them to see god answer those sure and you almost have to connect the dots for them sometimes so christmas card prayers are fun If you send me a Christmas card, I'm going to hold on to it and I'm going to pray for like five weeks and then I'm going to forget about that little box. And then, so just you should just hope that you get at the top of the box. Sure. (laughs) I know. I know.
1: And you know what? This is a good time too because I'm a card sender. Um, And is that when you get a card, it's an opportunity to teach thankfulness and talk to your, just show, you know, she took the time to find the card, to write something on it, to put a stamp on it. She thought of us. You know, so it's an also an opportunity to teach them a little bit of, of thankfulness that somebody thought of us and our family's special. You know, so that's also, also an opportunity that. for that. So, Kim, talk to us about stockings or what you do with their stockings, their stocking goals. Let me see. Something about having each member... You had that each had a personal goal or something. I the, remember you oh, telling me is, about that yes, one time. I don't remember one, that.
0: I think this is one that I actually got from a friend. I thought this was a great idea to share with people. Um, in their stockings, at the end of the year, they will write one of their goals for the next year, and oh, not in their stocking. They write one of their goals for the next year, and then they put it in their stocking, and then they pack them away. So the next year, whenever you get out mm. all your decorations, you you. Have a time an evening where you pull that out and everybody reads their goal and you talk about how close did we get or did we achieve it or what held us back or things like that. So that's kind of fun. We've I'm gonna tell you I don't I don't even want to do that one again because
1: <laughs> I, you probably didn't do what you said you were gonna do. I did not do.
0: do well, so <laughs> I don't I don't want to set myself up for disappointment. <laughs> but if you're a real goal setter, go getter kind of person, that would be a super fun one to do and and keep that going. Um one that I do love is is a love around. This is probably oh, this that. is probably this. our most consistent favorite tradition. You can do it at the holidays. We often do it on your birthday because it just seems to kind of punctuate the event. A love around is where the we have one person of honor and we go around the table and we say something about that family member that honors them. Something that has blessed us about that person or something that we maybe a, some kind of growth that we've seen in that person for the year. It's just a way to honor one family member love that. and it's a little bit uncomfortable to receive that because these are these are words that are I mean I have boys. They're not just using all their words on their mom every day. So when it's my turn to be the recipient of the love around to hear them say something Maybe I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. You know, to hear them share their heart about me is is very encouraging, and I love to give real special thought to how I'm going to honor my sons whenever we have a love around. A little scripture that you can tie in with that, and maybe my kids roll their eyes when they know I say, do you know what the Bible says? But I don't really care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm just going to tell them anyway. They can listen or not, their choice. Proverbs sixteen twenty four says gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. And then we, when we're done, sometimes we just talk about how can our positive words strengthen and encourage other family members. Maybe not just family members. You know, the, the holiday time when they have bell ringers. Right. You know, I love to I love to stop and ask them on the way into the store. Can we can we bring you some hot chocolate? Can we get you a cup of coffee? And just teaching the kids, you know, how to just how to give little gifts. Again, that probably cost me a dollar, maybe two dollars. It doesn't cost anything, but it's a way that we can just show kindness to someone. So we've we've done that before when the boys and I. When it was just the three of us, I do remember like going to McDonald's and getting, you know, like the carrier tray of four coffees and we just drove around just handing out coffee to people and it was super fun for them. Yeah. Okay. At their age, they would be like, no, Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that now. But right. So some of these, some of these traditions you grow out of, some you grow into, some you change a little bit, but over time they still say, this is what we do. This is what we're about.
1: This is, we're family. Sure. You know, the holidays is filled, filled with opportunities To invest life, spiritual life principles in our children. It's just all around us, especially since Christmas is so pointed towards what can I get? You know, um, what can I get? I I want, I want, I want. It's such a wonderful time to teach them uh, the principle of self-denial. That we don't get everything we want, that um, it's just a great time to teach that as well, even though it's the grandparents' job to get them everything they want. But now,
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. I know,
1: but the parent can can move towards that principle of learning <clears throat> self-denial really well. Tell us a little bit about I know you do you bake cookies with your kids? Or Christmas do cookies? Do I slice
0: and bake cookies? Yes, yes. <laughs> is that what you're yeah, asking? Yeah, whatever me? it is.
1: What do you, little Miss Baker, sitting over there? What you, do you do? Anything <laughs> baking with step. them, or, or so
0: we we have made cookies. We have made cookies. You know the the, the cut them out Christmas cookies. You know we will do some fun things like that. Sometimes it's just a couple of us doing it, but those are those are always fun. When you have boys, your cookies don't look all sweet and nice. You could have zombie Christmas <laughs> cookies. I'm just saying, you could have you could have all kinds of crazy stuff. But yeah, we have done that a little bit together. Let me think about um, what you can talk about if you want to give them a scripture for that. Here's one that you could use. Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And then so while you're making those cookies, you just say, Oh, aren't these so tasty? And then you say, you know, how is the love of God a treat to our soul? The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And then you just keep cracking eggs and, and stirring in chocolate chips and you're just talking as sure. you do it. These little traditions don't have to be big and grandiose and you know super structured. They're just the little things that you do over time. Sure. So
1: making cookies is fun. Sure. Well, I have to, <laughs> I have to laugh, especially if my daughter Sarah is listening to this. That I was not a Christmas cookie uh, person, but I did one time buy Kim some batter at Sam's, and I was going to come home <laughs> and make this wonderful display of cookies, and Sarah was going to enjoy it. But I just I had one problem. I came home and I had good intentions, and I put it in the bottom of the closet and I discovered it 2 years later I don't Oh her my closet. goodness. So it's just a joke in our house about Christmas cookies and Pam don't do very well together but
0: So you and I could get together for some slice and bake. Yes,
1: we could do slice and bake. I'm hoping to maybe do better with with grandchildren but anyway that's just kind of a, a personal joke when i see christmas cookies if so, we just buy them at sam's God, and we don't would, even have to bake that's them. right they would just think that's the best cookie ever that's so right, that's right um what about do you do anything with your family at christmas in serving your community or what tradition do you have with with serving others maybe at shelters or something like that do you have something you do with your family with that
0: yeah there is a there is a um, an organization that every year, like our homeschool co-op, we go and sort toys for their toy store, and it's just it's real interesting to see my boys sorting toys and putting them in spaces where they belong. And you see, every now and then, they think, "Oh, I I wish I had that, or I want that." But to be able to talk about, we're doing this because not everybody has the opportunity to have what you have. And so it's, it's kind of a little way to, to serve with them. Psalm 126 too, here's a scripture that you could use for that. Oh, sorry, I read the wrong spot. Mark 1045, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You can ask the kids, in what way does serving allow us to show God's love to people? Mm-hmm. So it's not just about other people don't have what you have. It's about, it's about pointing them back to the heart of God and saying, how does us doing that Allow us to show God's love to people. Little things like that. I love that. that. I love that. I do want to. Um, I want to say one tradition that sounds. You think, oh yeah, we should do that. It's Christmas, of course, we should do that. But you should do this. You should always do sure. this. Is is actually sitting down and opening God's word, and reading it to the kids. They can get it. A two year old can get it. A three year old can get it. And the story of Jesus's birth. Is it's just com it's common to what mm-hmm. we what we would read this time of year. Take some different twists on it, you know, talk compare one gospel to another. Talk about how each person may have felt. One year we talked about what do you think Jesus' grandparents felt when mm. Jesus was born. Like what do you think Mary's parents said? What do you think Joseph's parents said? Just kind of take a little different spin on it and maybe apply it to your life. I know I am remarried now. Um, but even last Christmas, I spent lots of time with my children talking about Joseph was a stepfather of sorts. And mm-hmm. how do you think he felt? And how is it significant that God was the one speaking to him in a dream? and just different things like that. Just yes. kind of pulling some different um, thoughts out of Scripture whenever you whenever you talk about it. Talk about how God brought peace to each of those characters in that story. Now here's something fun uh, that we'll wrap it up with this. Go online. And actually, we will have it in Equip, our online education center. We will have an article that says family traditions. If you go to that article, you'll be able to download all of these traditions that we've talked about and more. And there will also be a Christmas quiz. This is super fun to give this quiz to your family. We've done this several years, and still people don't get it all right, because it will ask you questions like, how did Mary get to Bethlehem? Did she ride on a donkey? Did she take a Corvette, which, hello, did she ride in a cart? Did Joseph carry her, or none of the above? Do you know how she got there?
1: Okay. Well, I would think, on a donkey, Scripture does not say. Oh, why do I think that, then? I know she didn't fly.
0: Well, yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly, because that's in the movie. Okay, so how did she get there? Scripture doesn't say. Okay. So we just assume that she walks, and then, well, she's pregnant, so maybe she got all on the a donkey. All the pictures
1: show her on all the donkey. The
0: I know. Pregnant,
1: being so comfortable.
0: All the nativity scenes. <laughs> Everybody knows Moses carried her all the she way. <laughs> <to> <laughs> <my> <laughs> <mom>. <laughs> and she was nine months pregnant, smiling was, all right, the way. All the way, beautiful, probably had lipstick <laughs> on <Yeah>. and everything. <laughs> so anyway, just a, a quiz like that that has all these very simple questions, but you can see how popular culture has influenced what we believe. And it's just really fun to sit around the table with your family and, and read it and then see who knows what. And when you do that, then you talk about, Hey, are there anything, are there any, are there things in our life that we believe to be fact, but maybe the Bible is speaks differently on something. So, and you just talk about you just you just build that into your traditions, how you talk about um we've got to be people that believe truth.
1: We have to believe what the, what the Word of God says, not what popular culture would tell us sure so and you know what I just want to say too, Kim, before you in this podcast that it would be just a tragedy to go through the holiday season and totally miss uh, the birth of Christ and you know you might not be a family that that is a church goer, you believe in Jesus and and you believe he's the Son of God, but maybe your family just hadn't quite landed in a church, and and that's okay for now. I know that may be a goal in your in your heart and your spirit, but but as a mom, as a single mom, there are ways that you can incorporate the Christmas story and the love of Christ to your kids. Mm-hmm. And I just I would just hope that you would find a way in your family culture to do that that works with with your family.
0: I love that. Thank so, you for sharing mm-hmm. that. That is that is the whole point. That is the whole point. So just in closing, just think about your family traditions and be mindful of that. I hope that you've walked away with just a few ideas that you can implement this year. Can I just tell you, do not try to do all of these at once. Your kids will say,
1: Who What are you to? and what have you done with our mom? <laughs> this
0: is crazy. Just pick a few. Pick a few and do it. See how it goes. Um, try it again next year. Try something twice before you completely throw it out. They don't have to cost a lot of money. All these things that we talked about today, they really cost nothing. They don't cost any money. They, they should be easy to do year after year. And they—they they can. They, it's good if they can be adapted to kids as they get older. Some things they'll grow out of. That's okay. Save them for your grandkids. It's the really fun stuff. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, we invite you to share your thoughts at info at ministries.net. Tell us your favorite holiday tradition. I am always on the lookout for something new and fun So if you have a favorite holiday tradition, please let us know, because we'd love to incorporate that, um, you know, for our listeners and to to give them more ideas. And I might just want to introduce that to my four kids this year. And if it flops, I'll tell them it came from you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Get yourself off the hook. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Always blame somebody else. So if you enjoyed our podcast, we would love for you to subscribe and share it on social media. We are on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us there. Visit our website at www.ariseministries.net. We have lots of videos, articles, and podcasts specifically for single moms, lots of tools for navigating real life. We thank you so much for your time today, and we just pray that you have been inspired and encouraged to do little things to point your kids to the heart of God. And we just, um, just want to say thanks for listening. Have a great holiday season. Thank you for listening to an Equip podcast. To find out more about Arise Ministries or
1: resources offered for single moms, visit www.ariseministries.net.